arrived. They have arrived. Your samples tomorrow. Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. We had by far the best looking college football playoff that we have ever seen in terms of in totality. Um, I don't think we've ever had a weekend with two good games, let alone two great games. So was pleasantly surprised by that. I, I shouldn't say surprised. Uh, I think many people thought these were slated to be two of the best games we've seen in the playoff era. We've been starved for some games like we saw. And my main takeaway to start, I think everyone was kind of asking the wrong questions about these games. And that's easy to say in retrospect, but my main takeaway, and we'll get into uh TCU Michigan first, which me and Marty talked a bit about on a couple episodes back about how excited we were for this matchup because I don't think we've seen a matchup like this in the college football playoff era with two teams that were so great down the stretch all season, really different, but kind of similar capacity and similar kind of vigor and, and, you know, very different identity, but uh, I thought they would match up very well, and they did. But I think the question we were asking many people is if Max Duggan, Heisman finalist Max Duggan, could put together a game good enough to beat a better Michigan team. And if you answered yes to that question, you believe TCU could win. The question I don't think people were asking that was the right question was could Max Duggan not play like a Heisman Trophy winner and TCU still have a shot at winning this game? And that question was answered. And that question, that the answer to that question was yes. And Beach, obviously, our resident yep. Michigan guy, how just talk, just talk me through the game. We'll just start there. Um, I mean, one shout out TCU. Um, in a in a year in which it it maybe wasn't my Wolverines on the other side, uh, to a couple points you said, you know, these are two of the best semifinal games. You, you really couldn't have dreamt of a better, you know, get back and forth, given give and take, like down the stretch battles in both games. So if you would have just told me we're getting that at the end of the season and like two beats three and one beats, I would have been happy. But it's the Wolverines. And so it sucks that that happens. It sucks. But shout out to TCU. It's actually good to see a big 12 team finally, you know, doing something and advancing, but no, I mean, it sucked that, you know, Michigan went behind early. I mean, I don't know where to even begin here. Like, I, I just think my thing I keep coming back to is two pick sixes, a fumble on the goal line. And what was, and then a, uh, and then a um, down. Yeah. And then, a, yeah. Just insane. They just gave them so many points. Oh, and a missed field goal. So, so that, I mean, right there, the you add that up. That's a 24-point swing there. I mean, just decision-making, I mean, it's too bad. I, I said I thought Michigan would win because I really thought Jim Harbaugh would outcoach Sonny Dykes. I think he still kind of did. I just think – I don't know what the hell – some of these mistakes just really were awful. I mean, they really impacted the outcome of the game for Michigan. They couldn't play their game. They did exactly what they shouldn't have done. They fell behind early. They had to claw their way to get back in it. Second half was a fucking shootout. And then they blow it at the end. So not only do you blow it at the end, but you gave them two pick sixes, and then you missed a touchdown and a field goal. Going to that touchdown, what? why doesn't every team – sit down and watch the Philadelphia Eagles get two motherfuckers behind Jalen Hurst and push him into the end zone. I've never seen it not work. Have you? Nope. I, I don't <laughs> understand why. Is the idea like, oh, it's so good. They think we're going to do that, so we shouldn't do that? Is that the thought process? Because Dude, whoever's thinking I, that should be fired. Every single time, and I, I said this maybe half a dozen times, probably more on Saturday, was – if you get a first and goal from anywhere inside the five-yard line, I, I, okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm not a fucking NFL coach. I'm not, you know, Bill Belichick. I'm not 
one of the great NFL coaches. So whatever. If you get a first and goal at the four yard line, shit, especially if I already blew one shot on a goal line opportunity to score a touchdown, I'm sneaking the ball four fucking times. I just don't four get fucking it. times. If you sneak the ball four fucking times from a first and goal from the three, I think you score 98% of the time. This is score not six. a new concept. I don't have to remind you of this. The bush push. This is not a new concept. This has you, been in the you, game. Have you ever seen but you know guy... what we're doing? We're somehow going bang, bang plays to a fullback in a championship semifinal match. Have you ever There's seen? There's so you know much I, at stake. You know what I've never seen? What? Is I've never seen a quarterback lose yardage on a QB sneak. It's incredibly hard to do. No. So no. you do. You're going risk, neutral at least. You do risk losing the best spot you can have as an offense, which is at the one yard line. You do risk run the chance of losing yards when you're handing it to a, a tailback that's starting four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Goes for, and I mean, this happens all the time too with the way offenses run, taking the ball out of the shotgun from the one yard line, the two yard line. And I, I think, you know, Michigan wins that game if they just utilize the QB sneak. I don't understand. In two situations, there, I mean, if you add them up, they do. Um, but I, I don't get how, especially after the first time you don't just, you're not, you're not going to fumble unless you're reaching the ball over the line, which you don't have to do. And it's first and goal from the two yard line, brother, sneak the football. I don't get get it running back behind you and you're in. Uh, I, I already thought I was already all in on QB sneaks. Then they start pushing them. And just getting two guys behind there, it looks like they're about to knee the ball. They're in that formation. All of a sudden, they just start going and pushing. And, the, I mean, the Eagles get sometimes five yards. They'll get five yards on, like, fourth and one because they're like, we're going to get it. And some teams are revolutionizing it. Like you said with the Eagles, other teams don't utilize it at all. But another thing is, all right, first and goal from the two-yard line. Sneak up the middle. Stuffed? Okay. Well, maybe you, maybe you get under center, you snap it on second down, and you take it up the other gap. You know, you take it a gap to the left. You take it a gap to the right and don't go straight up, but you just find the crease. I mean, Tom Brady has been shit on for 20 years for having limited, the most limited athleticism, and I don't think he's he's failed a uh, QB sneak attempt in his career. No. Because there's a way to do it. There's a lot of ways to do it. And the only way to do it wrong is to not do it. Yes. So why don't these coaches do it? You know, I'm not I'm not a naive guy. I'm not I'm not saying I should be coaching, but damn it. This makes me think I should be calling the plays sometimes. Like this is not a crazy thought. They're NFL coaches. They have the, the same access to information, if not more. I mean, the, where are these analytics guys? Aren't they giving them an iPad that says 100 fucking percent? Success rate, you can't lose. Are, aren't they there for that? I really – Michigan wins that game if they do that. Um, I, I truly think so. I mean, props to Max Duggan. I mean, it was a great game. He played his game how he needed to. Uh, obviously, ultimately got the job done. It really sucks from Michigan point of view, though. I, I just really thought this was the year. You know, to be that the two seed and – and feel kind of confident about the three seed not being like a Georgia or an LSU or a Bama or a Clemson we've seen in years past. Like, I mean, last year that fucking Georgia team was unreal. Like, I mean, I I I I wanted Michigan to win. I mean, I was a little hopeful, but I mean, honestly, like, I think we all thought Georgia would win the football game. Right. This year, it's like, man. I mean, this is a winnable game. You know, not not like it's so flipped the other way, but very, I thought I, it was very winnable. You just blew a chance. I said, and I was watching the game with Marty, who called off sick today. Um, he got the he got the sniffles a little bit. It's it's all right. Uh, they feel better, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, prayers prayers for Marty's congestion, uh, everyone yeah. out there. But um, I said to him, we were watching the games together. Um, this game was eerily similar to me from the start. Missed the first four minutes, and Nick will call out from the Uber. Michigan's at the one yard line already or 40. What is it? 56 yard run from Donovan to start the game. And it's like, whoa, okay. Michigan got off the bus. 
they got off the bus early. Okay, let's see. Let's get let's fucking, you know, dispatch us. Let's get down. <laughs> right. But I kept saying and I kept thinking was, wow, especially when these things started going wrong for Michigan was, wow, this reminds me of Clemson, Notre Dame a couple years back where, you know, when you might be playing a team either of your same caliber or a team that's better right when you leave points on the board and you got the opportunity to put those points on the board it's just it's just that shadow is behind you and you're like you can't get it off your back because you're like this is going to cost us it's like whenever uh uh a t- uh, like a mississippi state or an old miss is playing tough with bama right and then they got us they get first and goal from the five have to kick the field goal and you're like they're going to lose by yeah. four Shut you the know door, they're yeah. going to lose by four and it was reminding me of that clemson game where we take the ball go right down the field got a chance for six settle for the three and it's like i want to tell myself well we got points but at the same time i'm like we're gonna lose because we didn't score a touchdown on the opening drive and then the the fumble happens on the kickoff ball which i don't know i i'm not gonna get into that call but they take away the fumble <laughs> give it back to clemson said it was out of bounds okay Football is shaped so the points don't touch the ground when it's laying flat on its side, but whatever. But it's this feeling you get, I feel like, especially in college, is from the get-go, you just, you're scared. As soon as points are left off the board, that that's what's going to be the difference. And I mean, that first six-point game, you know, that first drive, those points were all left off the board. And it's just so hard to get it back. Mm Mm-hmm. Even in a game you score 45 points, it's hard to get those six back, you know? I would love to shout out from the Michigan side, Ronnie Bell, though. Seeing that guy come back this year after that torn ACL and just have a great year. I mean, he's been around the program for a while now. I mean, before COVID, six receptions, 135 and a TD. 44 yard was his longest. Uh, you like to see, like, you know, older players who have, you know, been in that position and been, like, the guy, you know, really step up. So it was cool to see. Um, I, you know, Michigan seems confident in, you know, coming back. I mean, I'd like they uh, I'd like to think so. Um, and they said it last year. They backed it up on the field. I certainly feel confident in our schedule next year. It's, I mean, it's more favorable than this year. We get the Buckeyes in the big house. That's so, tough to do, have a more favorable schedule than Michigan did this year. But Yeah, maybe not. I don't know the non-conference yet, but at least you get the Buckeyes uh, back in the big house. So, you know, I'd like to see them back, obviously. I hope they do. Um, as, of course, oh, end of the season, you know, we've been we've, we shit on Harbaugh all college football season, and then, and then he's God after he loses <laughs> because every NFL team somehow needs him. I don't get it. I hear reports swirling. You know, they call him, and then it's like, Harbaugh can't beat Ohio State. It's literally Groundhog Day. Two years ago. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Everyone, everyone's – everyone's. it's like the movie, and then it happens every year. Yes. But it's like the actual fucking Groundhog because he just pops out and all the NFL yeah. – Oh, front Jim. offices. Is he going to see his shadow? If he sees his <laughs> shadow, he's going to the league, all right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear – I've heard over the past, like, three years, like, Newsflash. He signed a lifetime contract. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not code for five years. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> feel like a lifetime. Like the guy went there. I mean, he wants to be a Michigan Wolverine. Um, the only knock on on him really was, you know, can he beat these guys? And I mean, he's he's kind of doing that. I'm not worried about Tuck coming. I'm not really worried about James Franklin, although they did look really good in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Michigan yeah. took care of them this year. I, I wouldn't mean, worry about James Franklin. Yeah, nope. Um, although <laughs> we do have uh, Fickle now coming to the Big Ten, which will he's, spice he's things active up. Active in that portal, and uh, I think I think Wisconsin I, is going to be they're going to be back to um, with what Wisconsin is very good at being is with like a nine and three, ten and two, New Year's six kind of. I program. think they'll be ten and two, which I am excited for because the West needs some relevancy. Sure. Yeah. 
you know, it, it is, it should, it'll be good because then, you know, with, I mean, like Michigan and Ohio state, they sometimes have to play Wisconsin. Then it's like, Oh, this is a, this is a pretty good, damn good game to get, you know, mid season. <laughs> right. But I definitely need some relevance over there. I think fickle will bring it. One last um, thing beach. Uh, I did want to shout out big on JJ McCarthy for being our, uh, in or not our inaugural, but our, sideline watcher celebration watcher yes oh my god year. uh we actually didn't make, take our pick which we should have done for that and um he did say we'll be back uh i think we could probably pick someone for this uh i think max duggan is an obvious dude watchers are not but they don't have much success i don't think because I'm thinking about it's it. It's never the best player that's watching. Diggs, well, Diggs was a watcher. Stephon Diggs. He was a mm-hmm. watcher. Remember, he watched the Chiefs. Right. And then he didn't he didn't obviously win anything the next year. Um, we've had a couple other watchers. Oh, um, the Cincinnati guy. They kind of they I guess they kind of they paid off. They got in the playoff the next year. Yeah. Remember, they they watched after Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We need to, hey, intern, um, get on the stats for the, our watcher category because I want to know if we want to bet on the watcher or fade the watcher. Like, do I feel right. good about Michigan going we need back a bigger or do sa- I not? We need a bigger sample size. So, so, JJ McCarthy, you are officially the recipient of the watching the team you lost <laughs> to in a big game. <laughs> celebrate award and you got to earn it. So big year ahead. for you. I, I bet this lessens the blow of, of throwing two pick sixes and probably getting shit on by a lot of people and not taking Michigan back to a national championship. As long as he has this yeah. be fine. You know, what's funny though, if I did like those gray players, so you like, don't see who it is. And I put their stats, you would have picked McCarthy over Duggan in that game. Yeah. I mean, it's actually insane. Like his, his QB, his QBR was better. Do the same amount of picks, same amount of TDs. I mean, he threw for more. He had he JJ was twenty for thirty four, and Duggan was fourteen for twenty nine. So yeah, no Duggan. I took Duggan yards again. He fucking cucked me on on two fifty one and a half in the Big Twelve Championship. Ended at two fifty one with his last completion being for negative six yards. I doubled Jesus down Christ. because it was sitting at about two thirty one and a half, and um. Yeah, it's it's tough to score fifty one and not throw for over two two thirty two forty, but he got it done thanks to JJ. I mean, those two pick sixes really, really fucked things. I mean up. that. Oh my god! I mean the pick sixes, dude. Those things are killers. Yeah, they're uh, season. They're game killers. They're drive killers. They're season killers. So and hopefully the Wolverines are back because they're watchers. They're watchers. Uh, getting into the second game, a an unbelievable game. The heavyweight Don't, title bout. I think these games were equally as exciting. But one of the questions that I had, like I mentioned in the in the intro monologue a bit, I think the question was, is Ohio State worthy of playing in this game? Can Ohio State bounce back? And I did hear a great little bit on a podcast big bets on campus about the michigan ohio state game impacting both lines a lot and how just the last maybe eight or nine minutes of that game might have added even a couple points on both spreads with just some big crazy plays for michigan and i completely agreed ohio state they close it just under a touchdown dog but I think the quite the great question is, you know, Ohio State has played great football for 95% of the season, 90% of the season, take away a quarter against Notre Dame and two quarters against Michigan. The rest of the season, they've been great. And I think the real question was, is Georgia, will Georgia be able to win a game where Ohio State is playing like Ohio State can. I know they beat Tennessee when Tennessee was hot and Tennessee was putting up all the points in the world, but with all the five stars, all the past success of Stroud, Marvin Harrison, 
everyone on that sideline. Georgia proved it. They they looked like Ohio State. Ohio State looked like they proved that, yeah, they lost to Michigan and that is just going to be a monkey on their back. But Georgia came back. They showed that they can win any type of game because over the last, what, 20 months, Georgia's won a lot of games the same way, just absolutely pissing on people with their defense and having great quarterback play and just five stars littered across the board on both sides of the ball. But Ohio State proved that they were a playoff team. And we were a couple plays away from getting the Michigan-Ohio State rematch in the national championship. That is a crazy thought. Um, I'd like to think, I mean, at least from our point of view, that I never really thought the Buckeyes necessarily weren't contenders because I think it goes back to a common theme that, you know, we talk about a lot. I know we talk about it a lot on here. You know, you, you get guys like uh, like Scott Van Pelt and Colin Coward say the same thing, but like, so, like there's something about like playing like a high-powered team that's like, and you're a high-powered team. And there's athletes out there and it's a big moment and you play the same kind of football because you got the same kind of dudes and it's just all bets are off. I heard the gunshot. Let's fucking go. Because you see in these games, remember Ohio State Clemson? You remember that game? Yeah, it just that turns game, into poor basketball. Fields, Fields just threw a, I mean, launched a cannon like 80 yards to like a lobby wide open in the end zone. It's like, these are the drives you see. And then like, and then just a run, just a rip, just somewhere. Like Yeah, they're like, just playing I mean, 21. Was, like, literally, I remember the biggest example of that for me is a superior Georgia team to an Oklahoma team led by Baker Mayfield. That defense never got off the plane, never got off in, in, pa- in Pasadena for that semifinal. But the offense must have shot up before because they were going toe-to-toe with, I mean, that team probably should have beat that that. Bama team. I mean, they, they were just that go crazy to a play. It's, it's just, just yeah, the it's defense like, handing the ball to the offense and being like ISO, ISO. But the defense, like but take turns. The too. offense, like, the offense giving the ball or the defense giving the ball to the offense in this ISO scenario. The person playing defense on the ISO is the other offense. And then somehow they're all open. Like with yeah. Ohio State, it's like it's like all right, let's Very get Alave. They're all insanely open. You know, let's get all right, let's get Devontae Waddle. You know, they just go all over. They just sprinkle the, the infield a little bit. Yeah, they just and have more so- missed assignments. Georgia has more missed assignments in two quarters than they have in two years. You know, and yeah, like I, I I don't know. And then it's like oh, well, we have. It's, I don't know if it's like I think it's just a combination between the stakes being high, you having like the 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 formula in the offense, and then the athletes. Like, because I don't think any, I, I guarantee you, if you look, I bet those two teams have the most five stars probably in in America right now, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? I, I I think Ohio State etches out Bama now. So those rosters are probably the most juiced in America. I mean, it's nuts. I mean, every position. I mean, like, George has got the crazy tight ends. Every receiver is fast as hell. I mean, Stetson Bennett knows exactly what to do with the football. Kickers are pretty spot on, like crazy. And that's exactly what we saw. Uh, I mean, that was an absolute shootout. Um, I personally had fun taking that game for a ride and betting it. It was a lot of fun to bet drives. Um, Shout out Ohio State for really battling there. I mean, that really sucks to have a field goal to win and go play a TCU team after – Doing that to a Georgia team, I mean, I, I feel like Columbus probably would have started celebrating a little extra, but, I mean, that's it, tough. Georgia, it's just at the end of the day, game management. Who's going to be better? Who's going to make better decisions? Who's going to end with the football last? Sometimes it's that out of your control. Yeah, we talked about it a lot last year in this era of college football. No matter how good your defense is, and I think this came a lot on me talk, touting this Last year's Georgia defense is maybe the greatest of all time when they went on a run of, you know, eight straight games holding teams to like nine or less. But the conclusion we we came to on the show was offense runs college football. And 
if you're if you're bringing the best defense to the table, it doesn't really matter if your defense is better. Oh, it never does. Team's offense, relatively speaking, in a game like that, and your offense isn't very good, you're probably losing that game. And we saw. Georgia, again, having an outstanding defense with multiple first-round picks across the board, it it didn't matter because the game's ending. The game was always going to end, you know, 35, 40 to 35 or 38, 35, or it was always going to end in that range, no matter how talented that Georgia defense was, no matter how many NFL prospects they had on that defense, because that's the sport now. Whoever says defense wins championships is a fucking liar. I've never, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. It's just about having the the better offense and the dudes. And I mean, I think it's the combination of like the system offense, like I said, the high stakes and having the athletes. I mean, that seems to be the formula for success every year. Yeah, I mean, it's about who shows up when in the big transitive, moments. Um, transitive properties giving this this title to Bama too now after what they did to Kansas State, just shellacking Kansas State, who beat TCU, who beat uh, Michigan, who beat Ohio State, who almost beat Georgia. So, uh, so Bama's in the title. <laughs> Bama's Damn. the Bama might be the uh, transitive property champion if um, if. If TCU doesn't win by as many points, I think as Bama beat Kansas State plus whatever Kansas State won by, I think what's your ta- what's your take on that game that spread? By the way, fourteen and a half. I think I saw that. Yeah, it'll probably get that down to what twelve, maybe, but still two touchdowns. It's a two touchdown spread, and I mean that's kind of nuts, right? It's it's in it's insane, but not you know, very different from a lot of playoff games we've seen, whether they were semifinal or national championships. Semifinal, yeah, but... I do think it's crazy that you can play, you know, 14 games and cement yourself as the two best teams in the country only to be separated by two touchdowns on the final spread of the season, but... I, I really don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's a bit disrespectful, but at the same time, me saying that, I'd probably set it at still over a touchdown. You know, so I would too. I mean, I, I think about it. They were favored by six over Ohio State. You could originally have gotten like seven and a half, but uh, I mean, TCU was an under was like a nine and a half point underdog at a point to Michigan. And Ohio State was favored over Michigan. So, like, I, I, I'm I, just kind of surprised it's that big. Yeah, and no and one's gone number. back-to-back in a long time, pretty sure. Yeah, it's uh, actually – Even these Bama teams, USC. I don't think yeah, – No, Bama did right. an 11 – no, Bama did an 11 and 12, sorry. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay, for some reason I thought that it had been – like baseball, they, it baseball was, hasn't had a repeat. It was either it was either ten and eleven or eleven and twelve. I'm actually gonna double check that. It was like I, the year when Colt McCoy got hurt. Right, and they won with Ingram. And then they won that, and then they won the next year. Yeah, it was eleven and twelve. I was okay. Right. Okay, so about ten years. I was looking at this. They they had a really dominant stretch between 2009 and 2012. They won three out of four championships, and guess who won the other one? Auburn, off the kick, off this, the uh, Cam Newton. Yeah, this the state of Alabama won four straight. That is fucking nuts. It's I still mean, crazy to me to think that Auburn can compete and can has played in multiple national championships. In the last what so eleven years, they Florida State and uh, yeah, Oregon. They, they lost to FSU and then beat. Yeah, Oregon, they with right? Cam Newton they beat Oregon. So those are two. So, yeah. So they played in two, and they play second fiddle to the best program in the country in state. Have to rec- have to compete with Saban, the greatest recruiter of all time, 
and the greatest program of all time. They have to compete in state with those guys and play them every year. You know, so they always have the best team in the country on their schedule, you know, for the most part. They have to recruit in the offseason against the best recruiter and the best program in the country. And they there's no other state that could say that, could say that they could even come close with their second fiddle team. I guess maybe, but not even close in the same regard, was Florida winning with Tebow and then Jameis winning. They've had national championships in their state yeah those were those i mean other than that like imagine michigan and michigan state both winning national championships in the same era like that doesn't happen anywhere else dude what's even crazier is bama or uh, auburn would have won two out of the last four and then bama would have won three out of the last five and bama or auburn would have won the other two that would have five state didn't win yeah, I mean that would have been five in the straight last, years. Yeah, that was a last-minute touchdown as well to win that game. So that was fucking crazy. I mean, yeah, like looking at it, like that's kind of crazy. And then uh, Ohio State beat Bama that year as the four seed. I mean, that was the year after Florida State. I mean, that's just. I mean, that would that could have been another Bama team. They're always just around, you know. I don't know if there's any other. Any other state that could kind of really claim that? I'm trying to think. No, Illinois, maybe. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I honestly think. I mean, I mean, back to back. There's only. I mean, there's been one of them really this decade, over the past two decades. So I mean, that's a feat in of its own. <laughs> So, um, in- incredible pause skills by Brennan Beachler. You didn't even hear the sneeze he just let out. So, I guess, what side are you on? We're talking about how a two-touchdown line could possibly be disrespectful. Are you going to be on TCU, then? My thing is, I, I think it's – I think it should be where it's at, but I just talked about the stakes. I mean, I just have to believe that's a part of it. I'm not tuning in Monday night to see a team beat another team in the national championship by 14. I hope I don't. We've seen it like, <laughs> in years uh, past. When, I mean, when have we, when have we, I mean, but when though? Alabama when blew Seriously. out Ohio State. LSU blew out. Um, oh, yeah. The Bama not that the Ohio lines State were that stunk. Not that the lines were, you know, this Trey big, Sermon got her. We've seen. We've seen a decent amount of blowouts in national championships. Notre Dame kept it close against Bama, but it was only a 28 point game. Yeah. People forget it was only a uh, 28 point game. Only a four score game back in 2012. Man. Yeah, I guess. I just think about like Bama, that Cle- that year, both years Clemson won. It was close, right? No, the one year they blew Bama out of the breaks off Bama, mm-hmm. right? When Tua so threw one, a pick six, Tua threw like an early pick six, and they caught. Yeah, and Trevor, Trevor Lawrence was just god. Yeah, freshman year. So that's when they won in twenty eighteen. So I guess that was a blow up. But I mean, when they beat Bama in twenty sixteen, that was a last second catch by Renfro. Twenty seventeen, when no, Bama we've seen more. Beat- we've seen more good than bad, but uh, I guess we're due for a good one now that. We had a blowout. What have these Wait. spreads been? I'm kind of interested now because I I I think if it's a small spread and something goes wrong, like for instance, that Bam Ohio State game was a small spread. Trey Sermon, the running back, would ran for like 350 yards and that's like three straight games. He got hurt on like the second play of the game. So You're that's obviously an alt an altering, a game altering sure. thing where that spread maybe could have gone from five up to maybe, maybe seven and a half. Yeah. Say same make with two was pick more six. than a touchdown. Yeah. So that I made mean, it like yeah. 14, I mean, nothing six minutes in or something like that. Yeah. There's some, so I'd be interested though, to see these spreads over the, I can't really think of like, I don't know if there's ever been a bigger underdog in the college football playoff finals. Probably not. I'd is that, no. is that, is that fair? 
Yeah, I bet I'd I'd hammer that the next highest spread is lower than that. Yeah, it's, right. I would think so. I'm I'm kind of just running through these matchups. Ohio State and Bama, first one that had no way. Notre Dame was probably State, like Oregon. a two touchdown underdog in 2012. But in the playoff era, this has got to be the no in the playoff era. I, yeah, yeah that was that, that was that might have been like 17. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what the Irish were doing there, um, but I, I don't Dude, know. Our I best think player I, was dealing with some off the field stuff, as you probably have uh, heard, and we finally, yeah. we finally, what was uh, relieved, relieved him and cleared his name. His name's Man oh, was it that moron with the fake girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, that moron. Oh my god, God, but uh, yeah, I think this would have to be the biggest, and I think it just like I'm. So happy for TCU. I'm so happy that TCU is the first Big 12 team to make the college Me football too. playoff national championship. Because since I started watching college football, they were always an incredible program. And they always played third or fourth fiddle within their state, right? I mean, Texas has more football than anyone else. And I, they always got screwed. They had a couple undefeated seasons. They didn't get the shot. And I remember they had a season along with Boise State. I think they were both undefeated. And it's like, well, this fucking sucks that they don't get a shot. They could not have done anything more, right? They had a perfect season. They couldn't have done anything more in the course of their season and still don't get a shot. I know Oklahoma hasn't had that undefeated season. They've gotten in because they've had Heisman Trophy winners at quarterback and a great coach. But the fact that TCU is the first one to break the ceiling and get there makes me very happy because... Did you see? There's only twelve thousand kids go to that fucking school. I know, dude. That's like you're fucking that's Dayton, like only bro. Fifty percent bigger than Dayton. Like Dayton's eight thousand. That's twelve thousand. Dayton's that's like not 10, a big dude. Difference. No, it's like yeah. eighty five hundred undergrad. Look it up. Unless really? they did a new census and we when we went up a lot. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, like eighty five hundred. I was right? thinking we were closer to ten. Whatever, roll yours. No, what? Yeah, roll, roll yours. <laughs> Control our own destiny is in college basketball is is code for must win conference championship to get in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm I'm excited for the game just because TCU is a different team than we've ever seen playing play in the national championship. But they did, I think, endear themselves, and I think the spread should probably have reflected it a little more is that they don't need their great quarterback to be Superman to beat a very good team. You know, they have playmakers. I kind of am loving this line. I'm going to double check what it's at because I might place it now live on the pod. No way. Do you don't have the for fucking real. balls, Beachler. I, I might. I might rob it. I might. <laughs> All right, 12 and a half. I mean, it's the same thing as 13 and a half. I love it. I'm I'm taking action on on pod. It's groundbreaking. We'll, we'll, we'll show the ticket. We will show done, the ticket. Done. What are we What are we working oh, on? Twelve and a half. Road. I mean, what's the money line? <laughs> Do we touch? It's probably some value. DCU. There. You know, I just believe in these these destiny teams. Like truthfully, like like they're here for a reason. We haven't seen know? another team of destiny play in the college football national championship. Right. Live on air, as Chuck is my witness. You have to read it backwards. It's in there. It's in there. We Beach are like confirmed it. on TCU. It's not even because I like either team over another. It's just I think the moment and just the game. I refuse to believe it's more than a 10-point game. I have to believe. Maybe like you ice them with a field goal at the end. TCU hasn't let the moment get too big for them. So they're, they're going to come to play. And Actually, Dykes, I mean, they kind of did. They lost the Big 12 championship. Yeah, but the, I don't you know, think the moment was too big. I think Kansas State just played a whale of a game and Max Duggan was hurt. Yeah. Well, but, they're going to have to play certainly better than that. They want to beat the dogs. True. Very true. I I am very excited for this game because we have not seen a we have not seen that team that made it into the college football playoff 
end up playing in the college football playoff national championship. They're doing it. When Notre Dame has made it, they have not gone to the national championship. When Cincinnati made it, they did not go to the college football national championship. When Michigan, Oklahoma, like literally any Washington, besides, Washington, yeah. <laughs> Michigan State, yeah. Yeah. None of those teams that had the dream season were able to win that semifinal game. TCU is the first one. So maybe they're the first one to win both. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they were playing Michigan who kind of was doing the dream, whole dream season thing too. So one of them had to, one of them had to give there, but you kind of hit on it though. I'm, I'd like, I like, I like that TCU's in the championship. I don't like that they beat Michigan to get there. It's a long time, not a long time coming for that program, but you kind of, you kind of said it with, as long as we've been watching football, I mean, I've been watching them. I remember watching them play in the Rose Bowl. I mm-hmm. remember them playing in Fiesta Bowls. I remember them playing, you know, I remember them getting jumped by Ohio State in that in that first inaugural playoff. I mean, I remember them being right there with Baylor, like five and six, I think it was. And because Ohio State won a conference championship, they got the nod. But, like, they've always kind of been there. They've been, like, a sneaky little villain. I think they played Wisconsin in that Rose Bowl, if my memory serves me correctly. But, like, they've just always kind of been around. They had LT back in the day, Andy Dalton. Like, it's it's really good to see them in the championship. I hope they can get it done because it would be pretty cool and no one wants to see Georgia win again. I did did want to ask, how do you feel about them playing both games back-to-back on New Year's Eve? So I think that it's what changing it sh- what it should be. I, all right. I don't know what it's changing to if that's even announced, but what makes the most sense to me is play the three o'clock game on new year's Eve. Perfect. <laughs> all the boys are linked up having some brewskis get rowdy, watch some football, go out, have a night new year's day. Play it at three play three o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. I feel like that by three o'clock on New Year's Day, everyone's probably back at the crib, fucking ready to watch well, the football. I I hear you. Here's some information for you. The Peach Bowl next year on the 29th will be played on Friday, December 29th. The Fiesta and Orange Bowl will be played the next day, Saturday the 30th. Skip Sunday for the NFL, and then Monday, January 1st, we get the Cotton Bowl and then Rose Bowl semifinal and Sugar Bowl semifinal. On Monday. So New Year's Day. I like that. I'm here for that. So what happens, that's gonna, that's what happens when the NFL Bowl. plays a bunch of games that they don't finish next year and then they roll over on the Monday and then they got to compete with college football? I don't know. Well, that's not going to happen. Dude, there's not any New Year's Eve. Here's the, listen to this 24, 25. So the next the two years, they have the semifinals on Saturday, December 28th. I kind of was right. They're extinct now. They're no longer happening. Well, they left on a banger. Yeah. Honest to God. And finally, we had a college football playoff that looked like the four best teams in the country competing for two spots in the national championship because we literally have not seen that in the eight years of the college football playoff. So that was a joy. That's a joy, but I think the Bama fans are going to have a problem with you saying that. I, I don't know who you'd sub out, though. That, so I guess that would be my rebuttal there. I mean, Bam played Even, a hell of a game. All right, regardless if they're teams, not the four best, regardless if they're not the four best teams, we finally had two good fucking semifinal college football games in the same year. Thank God for that. Thank we had we that. had maybe two good college football semifinal games in a given three year stretch before. So this was great. I did. I do think. Um, I did want to ask you. How, and I maybe we're maybe I'm a shill for for asking, but what what are your thoughts on the Skip Bayless tweet that had the entire football world up in arms? Because I personally thought it was the response was ridiculous, and I okay, it you 
you are lying to yourself. I'll say that you are lying to yourself if you were not thinking. Right. You're thinking about the safety and, oh, my God, we've literally never seen that. This guy could be within inches of his life, moments of his life. But a thought that everyone is having is we have never seen this before in the NFL. We have never seen a, a injury or a, an, a health problem of this magnitude on a national football field. Right. So it's lingering in everyone's mind. Like, how, what are they going to do? Like, how could this, like, they did the right thing. They didn't fucking start playing the game like the refs wanted them to do five minutes later. Absurd. Absurd. Thank God that the coaches had the sense sensibility to say, no, everyone get off the field. This guy's life is in danger. We, we cannot start playing football again in five minutes. But if you are not thinking about, the logistics of how this was gonna play out i think you're lying or you just are not a football fan and just saw that on twitter because skip bayless tweet even with the disclaimer that yeah it doesn't matter but you're like well this game needs to be played at some point right you know kind of like right or does it so that question is what do you do if it doesn't Exactly. So the fact that everyone had to like take the the high road and it's not even the high road because it, it's just like, I don't know, virtue signal is the right word. Like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about thinking about that while a, a person's life is in danger? And it's like, well, a lot of people, you know, tend to not. It's like, I would a never. Lot of, I would never. Exactly. Yeah. So there's this moral you know, high ground that people took, even though it was, they were, you know, paving the road themselves because it didn't really exist. You either care about someone's life or you don't, but like, yeah, people get, people like taking videos and putting them on Twitter of people dying. And when they're not on an NFL field, it seems like a lot of the same people don't seem to uh, outrage when there's a funny clip of someone fucking getting hit by a car some shit like that whatever it is but i thought it was ridiculous that it was made like the biggest story in the sports world that he had even po i think what the problem was was that he posed the thought of having that conversation and people had a problem with the idea of that even being proposed to think about even though i think most people had it in the back of their mind it's is it just like a too soon thought honestly like I, I don't understand like i mean you're a sports personality are you supposed to spend the whole the whole hours of your show just praying and then covering like i thought it was cool also special shout out to dan orlovsky i thought that was a cool move on espn everyone just says thoughts and prayers that's all we can do now yeah everyone why don't we say that. one why don't why we don't say we do one, one? Good so really me. cool, really cool, probably coolest thing I've seen on ESPN in six years. Certainly. But I, I, I don't know, and I, I don't really know the the ins and outs here. And um, I actually, it was kind of, I, I didn't really know, because I saw people coming at football and, you know, the NFL and like, ah, oh, it's a dangerous game. You know, if we weren't doing this, like, you know, it's a man. Yeah. As if, as if these people. Today. As if these players have been lied to their whole lives and think yeah. it's think I'm it's like, okay. like very safe, safe to play. So for me, I, I'm more sympathetic to the conversation in hearing like when there are like guys who seem to be like mentally slow after playing the game. Like they're like that has gotten better over the years, but like guys who were playing in like the seventies. I mean, they, they weren't giving a shit about CTE. I mean, they were hitting with a crown. I mean, all this stuff. You'd be put in jail today if you hit like mm -hmm. that. So I'm more sympathetic in that where it's like that is a football cause injury. So so I didn't know this, but sure. I, I didn't necessarily think it was because of, like, how he got, like, hit and, like, tackled and, like, so it like almost, like, knocked the wind out of him. The wind knocked the wind, like, out of his heart. That's what it, it looked like a classic knock the wind out of you. 
But Hit. then I saw a video of this guy, a high schooler, I think he was from Maryland, lacrosse player, got shot, got a shot, ate a shot right in the chest. He kind of like did the whole like jogging and then like walked around and then collapsed. And it hit him, yeah. And then like, so that was the first time I kind of put it together. Like, well, maybe it was a flute contact that did that. But like, are, are we going to sit here and have the argument like, well, if he wasn't playing football, this never would have happened. Like, okay, yeah, if he wasn't playing football, he could have literally been in a batting cage and got hit with a ball and, or hit with a golf ball at a driving range. I'm like, maybe he was just susceptible to this. And, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, did you hear he woke up and asked who won? So, I mean, this guy thought, hey, wow. I, I almost died, and I thought the game would be played. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's kind of crazy. But I, it's, um, This might be a very, like, nonsensical like that, or bad thing to say. But um, if, if we do take the – maybe just for, you know, food for thought that he might have been – it might – like you said, right, CTE is an innately football – thing that you get from playing and it's killed people i mean junior yeah. Seau took his life because he was so fucked up from years and years of head trauma right so it cte killed junior Seau. it's that's an innately football thing having a uh heart attack or whatever the the medical term we cardiac arrest i think we cannot immediately chalk it up maybe it was triggered a bit by getting hit there but it could have been triggered with him, you know, dicking around like some, you know, just any strike to the chest, right? It was not innately football related, whatever. I've also never seen T Higgins put his head down like that into someone, but whatever. It's like, imagine if it's not football related, he was prone to that and it happened. And people are trying to say that this happened because the NFL and it's too, I, even Biden was like, yeah, the NFL is too dangerous, whatever. It's like, okay, bro, go eat some ice cream, chill out. But like, uh, it, that'd be like, that'd be like having a, say you have a cousin in the war, right? And he's not even in on the front lines and he choked on a hot dog while he was deployed and he choked to death. And you're like, Oh, my, my cousin, he died in the war. He it's died like, well, fighting I, in the war, but well, he wasn't it's like, I fighting. guess, he, I guess technically he died in the war, but he didn't die in the war. It's like in the, in the, uh, in the hangover when it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, my, my grandma died. <laughs> my grandma died in world war two. Where was he? like, no, Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she, yeah, she, he died during the, the war was going on. He was, it was unrelated, but the, it was going on. So obviously hope to God. I just think we, like, you know, we live in such an instantaneous world and, and it, it, it's such an easy answers. thing to just become Everyone, like people want answers. People want results. People want the game to be played. People want to know if the game isn't going to be played, what we're going to do. People want to know why people are thinking like this and you just got to relax. I mean, we don't even know what happened and i don't think you can say like correlation and causation are the same thing like just because he's correlated with the nfl doesn't mean this happened i mean mm -hmm. i gave numerous results i mean he literally could have gotten struck by someone in the chest like a punch as an average joe if he never went to the league yeah and so many in the different locker things room. in the locker room before the game this yeah might be like more maybe someone just gives him a little elbow choking and dying in the wars if he got into it with a teammate in the locker room, not even having pads on. And and yeah. it just happened that his heart was susceptible if he took contact there and it happened there. And then you're not, I don't think you're having the conversation about this happening because the NFL is this insane, then, dangerous well, league. Well, then they also made it seem like, oh, the NFL wanted, it said five minutes, you're back on the field. Well, then the VP comes out and is like, we never said that. <laughs> like there is shock and awe that set in and you guys were like mad we didn't like call the game in like two seconds like yeah hey maybe give us 15 minutes to process what the fuck is going on right like 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 broadcasts had to cut because they're like dude we can't show someone like dying on air did Dead that with air. christian erickson a couple years ago he was resuscitated after dying and they yeah that soccer player right for denmark yeah. Yeah, we he died 
And it, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. And this is why well, I think ESPN, he, he just collapsed. And is it, sim- is it related at all? It was a heart. It was a hard thing. His heart, his heart literally gave out. And he was, so it could literally happen. And I think is these guys, the and heart, ESPN right? had every camera in the world trying to like get to his body and his fucking wife and kids and teammates are getting in a ring around him. So they can't. So the cameras, there, there was a shot that, it's like go to commercial, go to fucking commercial. They wouldn't, and they get a shot where this whoever this fucking whoever's making the shot, calling the shots around there, go to hell, is like on the ground between players' legs as he's getting his chest pumped. It's like go to fucking commercial, dude. No yeah, one wants like, to see that no more. Should you be showing that? And they they got him out of there. He saved his life. And I was like, shame on you. That is the worst thing I've ever seen broadcasted live. So I guess they learned their lesson because I believe you know, that game was on ESPN as well. This is great to hear. I forgot about this, honestly, because soccer, nonviolent game. Soccer might require more cardiovascular strength than football. I don't think that's a, a lot crazy of guys have collapsed and died playing soccer. So, so. Okay, maybe it's more of a thing of being that can like having that heart working so much at this high of stakes. So if it's happening at soccer, which is not, it might be tied to that more, like like a super heart, like working it so much. Because yeah. if, if we're seeing, I just don't like how we just because it's NFL, we have to to make it because it's such a violent game. Like that's so stupid. Like, and that's to another just draw reason. that comparison. Like, that's why does it have happens. that connotation? That's where the split happens too, right? Is where okay, right? The the thing that matters is this player's health and safety, right? We all want this poor fucking young man that just 24 years old to not die from a critical heart injury that he had, right? First and foremost. But this is where it splits and like you were saying about culturally, right? This is where it splits and then there's immediately a right side and a wrong side made. The right side, what you can do and what you can say is just denounce the NFL and say that American football is this and that you shouldn't. These guys really shouldn't be playing. What you can't say is, you know, what are they going to do about this game is like, can the NFL logistically, you know, like handle, you know, rescheduling a game? We've all never seen that. So either way, right, you're deviating from the major component of this which is this player's safety right but one side you can do the other side you're getting shit on for saying you know what i'm saying so like either way now yeah we've already taken the focus you've taken the focus as well but you believe that by taking the focus from him onto a grander opinion about the nfl no we could do that you know well it's just it's people just being bothered by other people's not lack of insensitivity, but I guess not like as like just I guess being a little more insensitive than an other individual would be. I mean, Skip Bayless probably asked a question that probably fifty percent of that audience thought of within five ten minutes of that happening. I'd say five minutes, probably fifty percent. I can and I kept joking. I kept joking with my buddies who were playing. I'm in the fantasy championship. I'm exactly. gonna be honest. So I, I kept joking. I kept joking about how I'm not, but I was joking on their behalf, saying that they're being selfish, thinking about you know, people immediately if you have a heart, you're immediately thinking, is this person okay? Is Damar Hamlin okay? And then as the situation grows, you're thinking, wow. He might not be okay. This is really scary. And so many people love him. So many people are fighting for him. And so many people are, you know, on his side here. But I it was just it, it was it's just the fakest thing in the world to to then even even at a lower sense than what I was just talking about is like, well, you shitting on someone that you think isn't taking it seriously you're still taking the focus off his health at the moment, you know, by like taking anger out on this person. Yeah. 
You know, you're shitting on Skip Bayless being like, bro, you fucking suck. You should lose your job. Are Wait, in that moment that you're writing this hateful tweet, are you thinking about Damar Hamlin's fucking sa- like well, health? You're no. choosing violence right now. You're yeah. being... It's, you're it's being a as violent. Thing. That tweet was as violent as the NFL, buddy. I got. I just think you. that it's crazy to me. I don't know when did he tweet that. It was during. I I don't even know that he he might have just gotten off the like he was probably just like en route to the hospital around that time. No one knew what the fuck was going on. Still, I I, I mean I don't know. I like, think it was probably right after the teams kind of dispersed off the field. Listen, like there's so many different ways to view it. Like, if you give me like the blanket statement, like, is it morally right and ethical to think about self-interest, whether it be fantasy, gambling, you know, liking the Bengals, liking the Bills, liking the NFL? Is it ethical to be thinking about those things close to you that you like? When, When is it? Like, I mean, like, after you are like, holy shit, like, he's dying. Like, that's nuts. Like, what's going to happen? Like, I mean, your brain doesn't think like 10, like 10 minutes at a time. I mean, you think pretty instantaneously. Yeah. Uh, when's enough time? When is enough time for, for that question to be asked? Like, I mean, if he, I, die, I if he dies, it, God man. forbid, dude. God forbid his injuries I mean, I were critical. It. If, I think yeah, he could have. It was poorly cut the, He could have really cut the butt how. If you just say, no yeah. doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. Period. Strong opening. This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. To me, that's like these are the biggest stakes right now in the world. We thought, whoa, doesn't even raise a candle to what just happened with Demar. Yeah, if the, I, I I don't know, I I just think it's just so quick to jump on people and just be just ruthless. Like, why yeah. do you fucking care what what yeah. Skip Bayless thinks? Why do you care? Yeah. Even if it was insensitive, why do you fucking care? So he's a sports personality that no one cares about. Heaven forbid, and God willing, he he pulls through this and comes out, you know, healthy on the other side. If if someone died on the field, the way that the reactions were to this was that no NFL game should ever be played again because it doesn't matter because his current situation, like we can't bring him back. He died. So how could we bring football back? So if, if you take that logic in into, you know, where it was going a few nights ago, then they would have to cancel the NFL. You know? That kind of thing. And I I just think a lot of it was nonsensical and, and it is it's completely outrageous to me to like to harness what you're trying to say is like you're elevating above everyone with your thoughts and prayers that are going out to them, the prayers you probably didn't even say. Yeah, you probably and just said like, thoughts and prayers. And and you're hovering above other people and then striking down on them because they didn't say it. And it's like Okay, dude. Um, yes, we can agree that like if you saw that and didn't feel for Damar Hamlin, didn't feel for his loved ones and weren't pulling for him, yeah, you're probably a piece of shit or like a psycho that doesn't feel emotion. But come on, are we are you know it it was just such you're not a, a microcosm for thinking what's gonna happen. I mean, dude, if you're a Bengals fan, like the honest questions being asked there are damn. We really wanted to win that one to be one step closer to home field advantage in the playoffs. That is a real thought. That is a fact. That there's no other way about it. So is it appropriate now to talk about it? Do we do we do we wait for an outcome? I mean, I'm hearing he's doing he's doing better, thank God. Yeah. I mean, but like I, I seriously don't know because is it so taboo? to even think about like you're a sinner if you think about yeah, it that's that's much why less, it's interesting it's like it is much the less tweet your thoughts like i i just don't i guess i don't necessarily want to live in a world where where that's true but i mean maybe like do you is. not understand that there are thousands of people that's job it is to be thinking about what is done with this game like in their in their <laughs> job description 
when that happens, whether or not day. whether or not they care, which I'm sure I'm sure the average person, yes, was praying that Demar Hamlin was fine, but thousands of people have it in their job description to figure out the logistics of getting these two teams back on the field at whatever point to finish the game, you know, whether whatever position that may be, whether it's with the NFL, whether it's with a, you know, advertising, co- what, whatever it is that is there billions of dollars invested in the virtually every single game. And yeah, it, it was bullshit. You know, at the end, at the end of the day, it, it was just a micro, the reaction was a microcosm of just kind of the, the world we've been living in with the uproar, the social uproar, the um, the hero villain, the uh, the holier than thou kind of mindset of everyone. But the holier than thou is the perfect way to put it. I, I I think that I think that talking about it in this sense is important. I don't think it's as important as. Damar Hamlin's health, but at the same time, if if you disagree with me that there's nothing that I can do physically right now besides keep hoping and keep praying that he's gonna make it. Like I'm, you know, I I can't perform surgery. Like what I can do is pray, and I think a lot of people have said that. And what I can do is hope he's okay and pray, but we we can't keep playing this game with each other where half, half the people no one get wins. thrown. Yeah. No one wins, but beach, we got the national championship on Monday and can't wait. We know who I'm on. Yes. Live. I will probably tail. So I w- I'm loving it. I hope I get a live bet chance at Georgia. That's like Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. We have arrived. Sorry, right, everyone. Let's hope that happens. Kirk Cousins had a good Peace. Quavo gets cooking. <laughs>